chapter 2. We'll kind of be in the middle of the chapter. We're going to start in verse 22. Uh, I'm thankful for God's Word, and like I said, that we can come in together uh, and dig into it tonight. Uh, I don't know about you, but it felt like uh, it was a rough day. I know a lot of times for me, it, it seems like Wednesdays at work end up being a rough day. You're trying to uh, get things going, and you know everything. Uh, things go wrong, unexpected things. Uh, uh, but aren't you glad we've got a refuge here? That's what I was thinking earlier today. We've got a place we can come in uh, and get away from this world from uh, just a brief amount of time and get into God's word. So I want to look Luke uh, two twenty two tonight. We're going to go uh, read quite a few verses, but some of them will be quick. Uh, it says this: Luke two twenty two, and when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him, talking about Jesus, uh, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when his parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for allowing us to come in. Lord, we thank you for your word that you've revealed yourself to us. And Lord, as we get into your word tonight, Lord, I pray that you'd use me, uh, uh, help me to preach tonight, fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit, and Lord, open up our ears and our hearts for what your word has for us today. Let us apply it to our lives. Let us challenge us, encourage us, and learn more about you tonight. Lord, Lord, if any uh, that are here or maybe somebody listening is uh, is not right with you, Lord, I pray that they would come to know you before it's too late. Lord, that we would focus on you. And Lord, we thank you for all things that we pray in Jesus' name and amen. So uh, this event occurs right after the birth of Jesus. Uh, but earlier, uh, just before this passage in Luke 2, uh, well, on the eighth day, Jesus, the baby Jesus, was circumcised and was given his name. Uh, and that, those things, those rituals kind of identified him as a member of the Jewish nation and a, under the covenant of Abraham. So he was fulfilling that part of the law. Uh, and one of the things, I don't know about you, but I, I seem to always remember that Jesus was sinless. You know, that's something that just is easy for me to remember and, and, and just is, is an easy thing to think about. But one of the things that uh, a, few, a little bit later in the story uh, where Jesus is starting his ministry, he comes to the Jordan River uh, and there's John the Baptist. And John says, uh, remember, uh, Jesus tells him, John to baptize him and, and John is you know being hesitant. And Jesus said, Matthew 3.15, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. See, I remember uh, easily that he didn't commit any sins, but sometimes I forget 
that Jesus fulfilled all righteousness. He fulfilled every requirement that God had uh, to uh, in the law and everything else. He fulfilled those things with his life because remember, Jesus wasn't only the sinless sacrifice or the sacrifice for our sin, the innocent one, but he was also perfectly righteous. He followed uh, uh, God's will perfectly his entire life. So if it said on the eighth day, this needs to happen, they did it. And the, and the same is in our passage. Uh, uh, but one of the things you'll see is that uh, these babies, even though they hadn't committed sin, they were born in sin. You know, we see that. That's what the Bible says. So, of course, they have this uh, ritual for that. And you're thinking, uh, you know, my goodness, um, you know, you know, why, why would Jesus be doing this? But we can see as we start to get in this, I think you'll start to see why Jesus is fulfilling everything. Because remember, uh, if you remember justification, that bigger word, uh, it's, you know, some people will say it's just as if I've never sinned. You know, that the sin is wiped away at salvation. But justification, the other side of the coin, is the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. All the things that he did was also put on our account. That's the other half of justification. So for an order for my account to have perfect righteousness, somebody had to live perfectly righteous and that was Jesus Christ. So he fulfilled uh, everything. Even uh, even as a baby, they fulfilled uh, these things. And that's, that's part of what I want to get into starting in verse 22 in our passage. So the next ceremony we see deals with the mother and the child. And you, you might be thinking, well, why if Jesus was virgin born, you know, if he was sinless, there was no sin in him, no guile. Uh, why is he going through these purification ceremonies? Why is he doing this when he wasn't a sinner? And, and I thought about, you know me, uh, my favorite Old Testament passage is Isaiah 53. And in part of the last verse, it says he was numbered with the transgressors and he bared the sin of many. Now, the big thing, the big application is the cross. He was numbered between two thieves on the cross, but also so you can see it's it's being like counted, numbered with the transgressors. He was counted as a sinner, and you can see it right from the beginning. He took the role uh, of being uh, uh, with. Uh, here's what sinners had to do each step of the way, because he is fulfilling each one of these along the way. Uh, yes, they're they're doing these covenants, these rituals, these different things, but Jesus is also fulfilling them as he goes, and he's going to fulfill every one of them all the way up into the Passover and then he institutes the Lord's Supper. So we see he's going to go through all of these in the in the Gospels. He's going to go through every one of them, every one of the feasts, every one of the things that you had to take a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Jesus perfectly fulfills all of those. Uh, so he, is, it's already pointing to the, and at this point Jesus is about 40, 41 days old uh, at this point. Uh, Verse 22, at this uh, purification thing, he's that old and he's already starting to continue to, to be uh, that lamb of God that's, that was slain before the foundation of the world. He's already being identified as a sacrifice. We can see that already. But... So normally this purification, and it's Leviticus 12 that gives all the instructions for it. Normally when a son is born, this after about 40, 41 days later, they would have brought a lamb uh, for the sacrifice. That's what it would have been. But Leviticus also had another option. If the family was too poor to afford a lamb, 
they could bring two birds, these turtle doves or these young pigeons. And that is what Mary uh, and Joseph brought with Jesus. They were poor. We know that. Uh, uh, they came and they offered the poor offering. And here's the other thing. And you think about, you know, again, we I, I haven't touched on this a while, but at Christmas time, you know, the nativity set always has the wise men right there, right? They're always there right at the beginning. The wise men did not come until later. And, and, and we can see that because when they come, they come to Jesus's house. They don't come to the to the stable and the manger. But also, if they would have come at the very beginning and given Mary and Joseph the gold, they could have afforded the lamb. But they didn't. They couldn't. That comes later. So again, the Bible is every detail is important. The Bible is consistent. Uh, you just have to dig into it and see and ask the Lord to help you. But so what we see is this: these they're still poor. Uh, they can only afford the two birds, and that's what they bring for this ceremony. The one bird uh, would be the sin sacrifice. The other bird would be the burnt offering. And just like justification, uh, the sins would transfer onto the one bird, and it would be uh, killed. And then the other one would be killed as a burnt offering which is again a picture uh, of that righteousness or virtue coming on to them so again it's pointing to what Jesus is going to do later uh, but it helps us uh, to understand these things that they're going through and this is what all uh, of the children all the ones uh, that were Jews they would have gone through these things because that's what the law said to do so they're going through the normal steps uh, with Jesus then in verse 25 it starts to get a little different and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. So uh, one of the things we've got to do is slow down and look what God is saying. So Simeon appears in this story, and the very first verse is giving us all sorts of details about him. So first, he's just and devout. He's a just man. He's a devout man. We know he's living a holy life. He's living a righteous life. Now he's not living a perfect life, right? So when you see just, holy, righteous, when it's describing someone, that's not perfection. That's someone who's seeking to live a holy life in the sight of the Lord, like we all should be, uh, living a life of fearing God and trying to live according to God's will. Now, if you just stopped right there, a just uh, uh, a just and devout man in Jerusalem, that would narrow it down quite a bit, but there's still a whole lot of people that meet that description. Then it goes on. He was, not only was he just and devout, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That means he was waiting for the Messiah to come, the promised Messiah uh, from the scriptures. That's who he's waiting for. So again, that would start to narrow it down, just devout and waiting for the Messiah. Uh, and so it's, but still, there's plenty of people that could have met this description. But look what it says next. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Now, here's the thing. We could read that, and again, we're a New Testament church. We might not think too much of that, right? Because uh, today, if you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's not a, a that's one of the things that happens right at salvation uh, because you can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. So it, it is a requirement of having the Holy Spirit inside of you. So when we read something like that today, we could read that and not think it's a big deal. But remember, this is pre-Acts chapter 2. This is pre the whole book of Acts, right? This is pre the cross. Jesus is still an infant, a newborn, uh, and there is a man with the Holy Spirit on him 
That narrows it down way. Now we're talking a bit. I mean, think of in the Old Testament. If you're going through the Old Testament, how many people are led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, you know, any of those things, not very many. It's very, very rare. So this is a rare person now that we're talking about. The Holy Ghost was upon him. Uh, and, and again, now in the New Testament church age, that's not uh, very special. But at that time, it was very special. So we, uh, here is him. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And we should strive to be someone like Simeon. Even in just this verse, we should, be, we should strive uh, to be just, to be devout, uh, to live a righteous life, uh, uh, to look for, well, they were looking for the Messiah. We should be looking back and looking for his return. Uh, and, and the Holy Ghost was on him, or he's filled with the Holy Ghost. That sh- these should be uh, what we should strive to do. Let's look more into Simeon, verse 26. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So this year, as I'm reading through the Bible, uh, I picked, uh, instead of using my phone app, which has been really good, and I've used it a handful of times, this time I'm actually using uh, an actual paper Bible, and it's my chronological Bible. And what I've been doing this time, uh, you know, I, I preached on it the other day, and the Lord uh, you know, sometimes has to remind me when you preach things, you need to do it too. Uh, but I decided that I'm going to write down every promise as I go. And as I'm writing them down, one of the things I thought of is I'm going to write down, uh, remember in that message, is it a conditional promise or an unconditional promise? And then one other thing I've written down, I've got a little acronym for myself, a little code, is I put a P next to it if it's personal. That means it's it's a promise for one specific person. And I started looking down the list and just these first two weeks. Now there, I've noticed as I'm going through this, there are a lot more promises than I'm thinking because I'm starting to look for them now uh, even more than I ever did. And and there's a whole bunch and I'm only again two weeks into reading through the Bible. So just, uh, you know, partway into Genesis, halfway, whatever. uh, And I'm seeing a whole lot of promises. But one of the things I've noticed is very few promises of God are to one person. That doesn't happen very often. Usually it's a group, a nation, Israel, or sometimes it's for everybody, the entire world. Uh, So this is a very unique promise, a special promise. The Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon that he would be alive when that consolation of Israel that he was looking for, the Lord's Christ, he would be alive when that happened. And, And I believe that now this isn't in here, but I, I'm just reading between the lines of scripture. I believe that the reason why the Holy Spirit promised this is because it was his desire to see the Messiah before he died. It was his desire. And that desire of the Lord, uh, God granted that desire of his heart. And then we'll see what happens. So he gets the promise, verse 27. And he came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. So now we've got uh, the parents are coming in. Uh, We've got Mary and Joseph with Jesus uh, coming in. Simeon had that promise from God. uh, And now that same Holy Spirit. Do you see what it says in verse 27? Uh, Simeon came by the spirit into the temple again we could read that really quickly and not think about it if he was led by the spirit to go to the temple that day that means it wasn't a normal time for him to go right if he went every single day 
then the spirit wouldn't have to lead him. He would have just went like every other day. But for whatever reason, he wasn't going to go that day. But the spirit said, you need to go to the temple today. Right? That's what, that's what it's saying. That's the leading. He came by the Spirit, not by his own routine or anything else. He came by the Spirit into the temple, which also tells us another thing. Not only was he led by the Spirit, he obeyed the Spirit. You see that? He obeyed. The Spirit said, you go to the temple. He didn't give them a reason why. He didn't give them all the details, just like us. We don't get all the details or the reason why. Holy Spirit tells us to do something. And hopefully we obey it. But here's the thing. God knows the future, right? And we have free will. We can make our own choices. The spirit led, Simeon obeyed, and he sees the child. Uh, and, and here's the thing. And, and some people would say, well, uh, you know, they'll, they'll twist things around and say, well, Simeon never really had a choice because God previously promised him that he would see it. So he had to go. No, 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 no. Our God's bigger than that. Our God knows what I'm going to do tomorrow. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. And he knows what choice you're going to make tomorrow. And if he knows what tomorrow brings, he can give you a promise yesterday for what you're going to do tomorrow. That's easy for him. I don't know why people think it's so hard. It's because they're using their human mind and not the mind of God. This is much bigger for us. But God knew he would be obedient to the Spirit's will. So it's easy uh, to, once God already knows what he's going to do, it's easy for him to say what's going to happen in the future. We just need to trust God. But anyway, he, he's led by the Spirit. He obeys the Spirit. Verse 28, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart and peace according to thy word. Simeon picks up the baby Jesus, 40 uh, day old baby and looks and here's the thing that I, he's not the only baby that would have came that day, right? There'd have been many that were born 40 prior and were going through the same thing. There'd have been many babies, I believe in the whole city of Jerusalem. And in fact, if you would have looked at Jesus that day uh, without the Holy spirit, you would have, he would have looked like any other baby boy. Right? That's about a month old. He'd have looked just like all the rest of them. But Simeon picks him up, and what's he see? He blesses God, and he says, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. He picked that baby up in what looked like an ordinary child to everyone else. Simeon was full of the Holy Spirit, and he saw God manifested in the flesh, even in that baby. He saw the Redeemer. He saw the Savior. He saw the promised one to come, the suffering servant, the consolation of Israel, and he saw his personal promise fulfilled. That's what I love. As I'm going through this, the other thing I'm doing as I'm writing down, if I can remember it, and it's close enough, I'll write down, here's where it's fulfilled already. And I, I, there's so many promises, but there's a whole bunch that are already fulfilled in God's word. And that's the thing. I believe the Bible is just laying it out. He's, the Bible's making it easy to preach tonight. Here's what it is. He, Simeon was filled by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. He was obedient to the Spirit. And now he says, Lord, let us, uh, thou thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. Now he's satisfied satisfied in the spirit right I can go home now right I, I'm done you you've shown me you promised me this it was my desire to see it I don't need to see him ever again I don't need any of that Lord uh, you know I am satisfied I can depart in peace verse 30 for mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory uh, and the glory of thy people Israel so his 
eyes had seen something that none of them around him had seen, including the religious people, right? The Jews that were around him were doing kind of what Mary and Joseph were doing. They were going through the motions. They were going through the, the ritual, which is not a bad thing. It's what God told them to do. But if all they saw was the ritual and going through the steps, it was just robotic to them. That's what it was. Uh, they're waiting for a Messiah. But remember the Jews at this time are waiting for a Messiah that would overthrow Rome, uh, make them free. And then when they saw the religious leaders, they saw greed. They saw corruption. They saw hypocrisy, which is the same thing Jesus would call out in 30 years. Uh, but everything looked bad in Jerusalem at that time. Spiritually, it looked bad. It was not a good time in Jerusalem and the Lord hadn't sent any prophets, any word for 400 years. There was 400 years of darkness. Uh, there's nothing going on and you could have been extremely discouraged. But Simeon was living in this time uh, and he clung to the promises of God. You know, he knew the Old Testament. You know, he dug deeper and, and he allowed God to show him that it wasn't a, uh, a general that he was going to send to overthrow Rome. He was sending a a servant to suffer and die for the sins of the world. And he picks up that child and he says, I see salvation. My eyes have seen it. Praise God. And now we know that he's filled by the Holy Spirit because of what he says after that. In verses uh, 31 and 32, he says, Thou hast prepared before the face of all people a light to lighten the Gentiles and under the glory of the people of Israel. If you would have asked a Jew in that day, is the future salvation that, that the Messiah is going to bring, does that include anyone but Israel? And they would have said no. But there's Simeon full of the Holy Spirit. He's saying it's for everybody. Salvation is for everybody. We know he is full of the Holy Spirit at this point because only the Spirit could have revealed something like that. But right, and here's another important thing, right at the beginning of Jesus's life, we, saw, we see salvation is offered to everyone. And it continues, we'll go back to John the Baptist again, when he sees Jesus, John 1, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of Israel. No, the sin of the world, everything. And we could stop right there and we could say, praise God. Because if he only came for the Jews, we'd be in trouble, right? But I'm glad he came to save everyone. Look at verse 33. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. See, Simeon's led by the Spirit, and, and, and Joseph, and you see how it says that right there, and I'm going to stop for a second, but, you know, for any of those that question the virgin birth, I, uh, you know, I'm always seeing videos and hearing different things where people say uh, that there's no way it could have really happened, and then the Bible gets real descriptive like this. Not, it doesn't say, it says, and Joseph and his mother right there, right? Anyway, marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Simeon was led by the Spirit, uh, but here we've got Joseph and Jesus's mother. They're fulfilling the requirements of the law and they had no idea what was going to happen. Simeon knew something was going to happen. Uh, Mary and Joseph were just bringing Jesus to go through the ritual, the 40 day purification. Uh, but as soon as Simeon stops them and tells them all these things, they're marveling. Right? Because again, no Jew would have said, what do you mean he's come for the world and for the Gentiles and everything else? He would bring salvation to everyone. But then I was stopping and thinking about it. I think this is where we can start to really apply it to our life. Simeon 
was obedient. Remember, he's obedient to the Holy Spirit. He's led by the Holy Spirit. He goes and does what the Spirit led him to do by going to the temple that day. And of course, we could say he got a great blessing out of it, right? We could, I mean, he's he's praising God. He's blessing God. He's saying, I'm ready to go now. Uh, he's saying all these things. Uh, but but here's the thing. Once you dig deeper into it, you realize he wasn't the only one that got blessed that day. So did Mary and Joseph. They learned more about Jesus Christ. So you can go back to Luke chapter one and see, remember Mary's, they call it the Magnificent. You can look at that and see uh, by the spirit what was revealed to her and then look at Zacharias, what the spirit revealed to him and see the pieces there. But you don't see some of the things that Simeon now shares with them. So, so because Simeon was obedient to the Holy Spirit and shared what the spirit uh, gave to him, now Mary's parents are learning more and more about Jesus. Before, while he's still just 40 days old. And that showed me something. It made me, to want, made me to realize, see, a lot of times if the Spirit tells me to do something and I turn to an excuse or, or I, I turn to laziness or, or whatever else reason that I don't or I question God or I try to dismiss it or anything else, when I ignore the Spirit, I think about, I realize I'm going to be the one that loses out, right? I'm going to lose out on a blessing, uh, you know, and, and same thing with Simeon. Again, it, it's, it, it blows people's minds. But if Simeon would have not followed the lead of the Holy Spirit, the, a few verses earlier, he wouldn't have, God wouldn't have promised that he would see it. So it's that easy. But he would have lost out on that blessing if he wasn't obedient to the Spirit. But not only that, so would have Mary and Joseph right here. And then it made me wonder, how many things have we not been obedient in and others have missed out those of us that are parents grandparents friends co-workers teachers and everything else right if we're not doing what the spirit's leading oh yeah we'll miss out on a blessing but so will those around us they might miss out on learning something about the lord from us and i don't know about you i don't want to hinder anyone else it's one thing if i don't get a blessing or if I suffer for it, but I don't want anyone else to. And as a pastor, it's easy for me to see the application of that right there. If I'm not following the Spirit's lead, and you know, if I try to preach without the Holy Spirit, it's a disaster. Now you may still learn something because the Lord's gracious and he'll give you something even in my failure. Uh, but I'm telling you what, I, it's much better when you follow the spirit, right? When you preach with the spirit, that's when it really works. And that's when the blessings really flow and God really does things. But it, that's not just preaching. That's in parenting. That's in everything in our lives. And we need to remember that. But here's the thing, just like Simeon, it's our choice of whether we're going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit or not. But it affects all those around us. We don't have time to go in it, but you can look right. The next one is Anna. And there you can see her. That she uh, she has an amazing encounter with the baby as well. And you can see uh, just the power of God in this encounter. Uh, and again, I want you to not forget. See, we can read these and, and, and things in our mind and try to play it out in our mind. But don't forget, there were so many babies that day. But there was only one Jesus. And so many of them missed it. Just like they missed it, you know, when the shepherds came. It was only the shepherds that came. And then fast forward to the wise men. Herod and all of them, they should have went and found him too. But they missed it. And then right here, they're missing it too. 
I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to be disobedient. I want to try to do the Lord's will as much as I can and follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. To do that, we've got to listen for the Spirit. Be attentive. The Spirit's not going to scream at you. It's still a small voice. So a lot of times we've got to turn out the other noise. We've got to listen for the Spirit. We've got to be led by the Spirit, not grieve the Spirit. We've got to obey the Spirit. And then just be satisfied in the Lord. And see what the Lord shows us. Because I guarantee he's got things for us. Not only his word, but every day of our life. He's got things for us and, and, and talking with people and, and, and all parts of our life. And it just, you look at this picture and it's just amazing what's going on. And he's only 40 days old. What a, what a savior. What a, no ordinary child, but I'm glad. Uh, that the Savior was born uh, and that he's already fulfilling righteousness and already pointing to salvation for all of us. Praise God. So I'm going to stop there.